there's certain supermarkets I don't like going into because it's literally all white people. And I don't like the feeling. I just don't like that feeling. There's a store called Horrocks. It's like Trader Joe's, like organic shit that no one, that I don't give a fuck about. It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I've got the one and only Quaj. He's come through... uh, one of the most, I think, underrated artists that I've probably had on the show in a while. Underrated because you have bars, you have dope beats, you have literally everything that any great artist would have, but you don't have the same critical acclaim. So for me, definitely under underrated in my opinion. Uh, the weigh-in came out recently. You've also got... Uh, Rain Man coming out on March the 22nd. So by the time this this interview drops, that'll be out as well. So you'll have to check that out. But man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to be here and chop it up with you, man. Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to, to ask you because I've been listening to music for a little while and something that I wanted to know about was where you got the sound from because you've got this like jazzy boom bap soul instrumental and i've said time and time again on the show my favorite songs have soul instrumentals they have those heavy drums they have all those elements but how did you find that sound and meld with it so well you know what man i i got really into dilla at a young age like back in the soundcloud era ripping dilla instrumentals off youtube i'd write to every Dilla beat you could think of. So that's where like the jazzy came in. And then uh, like my favorite rappers were like Big L, Old School Eminem, AZ, Nas, Biggie, like shit like that. So combined Dilla with those those artists that I like, it just kind of like became that that pot of like jazz and hard, hard rounds, you know? Because it's it's not in fashion at the moment to have that type of sound. It ain't in fashion to a lot of people, but to the people that I care about their opinions, it's really in fashion. You know what I mean? Like the cats who I want to impress is in fashion for us. So that's true. But, but I also, I'm like, I wish more people appreciated it at the same time. Cause there's something iconic about it. That's what I think, but I, you know what? It is what it is. You got guys like Joey Badass, Earl Sweatshirt. They've carved huge niche lanes, and they do what we do. So it's possible. Yeah. Well, here I am hoping as a as a hip-hop lover because you said Big L, and literally I've been listening to Big L in the car for the past week, just going back and just reminding myself. He's always been in my top five as like a lyricist, but the punchlines and just everything he did. But – 
something they do say about Big L is in that project, uh, the beats aren't as good. Like some people moment? in lifestyles of the poor and dangerous. Poor and dangerous, yeah. That the beats, that's probably the one thing that they would improve. Yeah, them beats was not yeah, they wasn't really hitting like that, but the the rounds were hot, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> shit, um, yeah. I mean, what is that? Is that what you think about a lot of the old era shit? Like the beats could be better? I actually I actually think the beats work for Big L. Like okay. I get I get that like they could be crisper. I get that they could have like heavier drums. Like I get all that. Yeah. But also the feeling is perfect to what you get. Cause it's grimy, it's not perfect, and that is what Big L is talking about. So in to me it actually really works. Like I get that they would probably want, you know, like Dre production on that stuff and like primo production on that, but at the yeah. same time, that's not the sound. And I actually don't agree that yeah. the beats could be better because, like, the project here released is fire. So it's weird that we would critically be like, this is a classic project, yeah, and then yeah, be yeah. like, but change the beats. <laughs> see, I don't see now you got to define what you mean by better because it sounds like to me you're saying that they want it sharper, like, n- not mm. as lo fi. Same beat, better quality. But you know what I'm saying? Like, or do they want Drake shit on it? That's like, you know. But I think both don't make sense because the way it came out is undeniably amazing. Like, I get that, that like, to the ear you may want better, but I've learned over talking to many people like yourself that imperfection actually makes the artwork more special. There's something about it not being... 100% 100% spot on all the time. And I think that's the grimy nature of what I love about the project is it, it is a little bit lo-fi. It is a little bit like dirty in that sense. Yeah. And I would just say those guys aren't as, uh, you know, they don't like the old school sound as much as we do. Like I'll go back on YouTube and find freestyles that sound like they're recorded on like a fucking I don't, prehistoric device, but it's so <laughs> grimy. I'm like, yo, I wouldn't have this any other way. Cause you know, I mean, so you know, it is it is strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, would you change the beats? It sounds uh-huh. like you wouldn't either. Fuck no! Like that's just not. Even, I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before, ever. Well, maybe the people I I'm talking to don't know what they're talking about. That that is more likely to be the case. That's the yeah. That's that's the case. <laughs> that's the case. Bro. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. But yeah, well, man, so. Yeah. Well, something I did want to ask you about was like the Foreknowledge Collective as well, because it's a group of artists coming together and I always find collectives really interesting because you're for them you're also independent artists and then you combine to make your powers the most. But tell me a little bit more about that. So this started probably for me about maybe close to ten years ago. I was making songs on SoundCloud. I got hit up by my favorite producer now, Hobbs. And then we hopped in uh, Google Chats. There's like fucking 50 artists in this chat going crazy. Like it's it's chaos. It ain't even organized at all. But we started banging out tracks together as foreknowledge. And then we we did a huge call because we literally have 50 guys in there. It made no sense. So we dropped it down to about eight. Now there's eight of us. 
in uh, the US, Germany, New Zealand. Uh, but yeah, and we meet up sometimes and we try to bang out an album. That shit didn't work out, but we still uh, just are a support system to each other right now. Like we, we get on the uh, Discord every weekend, chop it up. If one of us had a show, we're like, yo, I did this, did that. We're just boys now. We don't even try to like release music as a collective anymore. Like that's done with. So, but yeah, that's, that's homies for life, you know? That's really yeah. interesting because you've opened up a can of worms and I want to ask so many questions with yeah, regards yeah, yeah. to that. But how did you get 50 artists? Because I agree, that is insane to have 50 artists in the one group. It's easy, bro. Like there were no barriers to entry. If you were dope, get, get your ass in here, man. It was like that. And then everyone was like, all right, bet. Super easy. But then how was the how was the culling process? Bro, anyone who uh, wasn't dope didn't consistently participate in chats, didn't consistently drop music, who wasn't serious. Acts. Yeah. Did y'all have a conversation with those people first or was it just you're out? Yeah, yeah. We was like, yo, if you don't really start participating more or just taking this shit more serious, you're going to get out. And then it was like that. I wasn't even the one making the decision. There's a couple of people we kicked out that I would have had stay. And it's particularly one that like kind of blew up, but whatever. Would you say who it is? Oh, uh, yeah. You, I don't know if you know her, Swish. You go by Swish. Okay. Uh, she's uh, performed on Colors, which is that YouTube series where they mm. put like, you know, one pastel color and you do the hanging mic joint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've actually seen those. Yeah. And they've got like, right. yeah. Yeah, so she did one of those, and she's big in California and all that, but, yeah. Uh, do you yourself have any experience in, like, collectors at all? No, nah, see, I know very much my skill set, and my skill set is talking, not rapping. So I made a decision a long time ago that I would not uh, jump into the arena that I love so much just because, yeah. number one, I know I don't have the desire to be that like I love the idea of being on stage in front of thousands of people and being like the superstar but the journey to get there I don't have that desire and I I acknowledge that within myself but uh, I also tried to write a rhyme for the start of this show and I just could never do it I just could never do it so let me pose you this right you have the desire to be in front of thousands of people yeah let's say you want a big podcast and you want a Spotify deal and you want to be heard by millions of people. Like you do that. That yeah. journey could be difficult too. But here's the thing. I think I would prefer this version of it. There's something, there's something of like, I have worked enough of my, in my craft to be able to talk to people without having to pre-plan a conversation. Whereas I, I would be at the very beginning as a yeah. rapper. I no think doubt. I'd have a better, I think I'd do a better job at mm. like crafting music in terms of instrumentals. I yeah, think yeah, I'd yeah. do better at that just cause like, I think my ears okay, but that again would take a lot more time. But uh, yeah, I think so if I, if my life turned into just talking to rappers, my life's that's pretty cool. fucking amazing. So that's interesting too, though. Like, cause what I just heard was, uh, starting from scratch kind of scares you. It scares everybody. Yeah, like, like me, I could I could relate that to like all I do is rap right now. I I want to become my own engineer. I want to produce my beats, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to ground zero. 
So I haven't even started fucking with that, the other aspects and elements of hip hop. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be a newbie again. I know I'm good as fuck at this. And I, I that's it. That's how I want to keep it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, how do we get over that? Fuck. Just start, man. You just got to start. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Was- but I think the important part is also recognizing the the desire has to be genuine of like, I'm willing to put in the work because yeah. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts with comedians and when I hear them go through the shit that they go through, I'm like, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to bomb on stage. I don't want to. No, bad enough, man. That's it. But but it takes them years and years and years and years and you have to bomb and you have to suck and you have to. And so I guess that's the thing is like, I was accepting on this journey of like, I would suck first. Yeah. Of, you know, I'm not even, I don't even think I'm anywhere near of where I could be, but I would suck. The podcast would suck. I wouldn't get anyone good on the show. That would be my life. But I was okay with that and I was ready to accept that journey. Whereas for some reason, as a rapper, I think it's because I like it too much. I couldn't, it would be difficult to look myself in the mirror and go, oh, you suck. And then I listen to Biggie and I listen to Big L and I'm like, oh, that's the epitome of it all. Right, right. Hey, man, I, I, I have that thought often. Sometimes I'm listening to shit and I'm like, wow, that shit was really good. I don't even know why I'm a rapper right now. And as good <laughs> as I am, I hear shit. I'm like, holy fuck. Nah, I'm, I'm, a, nah, I'm done. So. I feel you, man. But that's how much I love it. It's like I couldn't stop if I wanted to, man. I could. So, but on the flip side, this is the other thing, though. How many shit rappers are out there that have a career? <laughs> a lot. It's not even. Yeah, it's about. It's a lot more about uh, than just music. There's tons of shit rappers with great images and great personalities. That's all you need. Good personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not all you I mean. Can't. You know what I'm trying to say, bro. Yeah. It it helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah. People love a story. People love the the charismatic kind of yeah. person who just soaks up the attention. Exactly. exactly. I feel like half those people are just acting. They're just playing the same yeah. role. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what I feel like. But that... You kind of got to respect that, though. You, they did what they needed to do to get where we're all trying to go. But I can't I can't act. You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you, like, where does your own kind of personal yourself start and quage begin? Like, there is always this, like, weird fine line between who you are and the version of you that's performing and the artist, but that fine yeah. line is different for everyone so i've always been intrigued by where you starts and where the performer begins as well i think everything flips the second i'm in rap mode like i'm i'm me up until i get on the stage and then i become a lot more like like kind of like how big l was like he talked mad shit like that's what i turn into when i get up there i'm just like i know i'm the man you can you couldn't tell me i'm not the man right now and as soon as I get off that stage, everybody says I'm the man. But off the stage, I'm just like, I'm just chilling. So, yeah. I don't know if you can relate to that. Just like, that's the only place where I feel like 
Hell, man, I'm the shit, man. And, and everybody knows it, too. <laughs> like, ah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Probably not to that extent, but I definitely have parts of me that's like, oh, you're seeing me be my outgoing self more than I may necessarily be. But it's like, you know, the face you put on when you work a nine to five. Like, that ain't you. You just have no. to play the game. Yeah. I, just, I keep it 100 at night. I've been working nine to fives since I was 18. I put, I'm the same there. I don't, I don't talk to people. People think I'm like uh, arrogant because I don't, I don't do small talk or any of that dumb shit. Talk about your cat and your dog and your stupid <laughs> ass kids. Like, I don't give a fuck about any of that. I'm trying to pay my rent and go back home. So I don't put on a face there either. I just try not to get fired, you know. Yeah, I'm sure your colleagues love that. They hate me. <laughs> <laughs> they hate me, man. Shit. Yeah. But, but how long have you been doing this, man? Uh, it's been two and a half years, about. Well, you ain't been doing it for long, but. No. Got a good resume. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I've realized is consistency is like just week in, week out, 1% better every day. So that's like the the that's that's what they all say about podcasts that's what they say about every artist every artist i spoke to is like the only reason i'm still around and the only reason i have a career is because i just didn't quit and all these other people i know they quit and that's facts you heard this of this guy la russell right he's yeah i interviewed la russell thank you he said this thing right and it's this this what he said is just what hurt a lot of people's feelings if you don't make it you just didn't try hard enough I firmly believe that. I don't lie to myself. I could be trying way harder in a lot of things. And anybody who's good, I don't think that stands for anybody who, like, sucks. But, like, if you're good and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you just got to, like, keep digging. And if you didn't make it, it's because you stopped digging. And that's real shit. So. Yeah, I think think there's a difference between, like, as you said, like, you can be great as an artist, but there's more shit you got to do. You got to be good at promo. You got to be good at interviews. You got to be good at just building your personal brand. And so that's also what I'm realizing is like, you're, there is never a point where you're like, I'm done. Yeah. That's where all the greats become greats is because they're never satisfied. Then they're always like, I can tweak this. I can do that. Like Jay-Z always is doing new shit and he's pushing boundaries and everyone's like, you're the goat. And I wish I was you. And he's like, even I'm not satisfied yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's tough shit. I don't know. So does that mean you agree? Yeah. All right. I mean, it sucks because you have to accept the reality of like, you had the choice. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. That's so, every day you have the choice to wake up and do that 1%. Like, it must suck knowing that you didn't do your 1% today. You could have, like, yeah, not you, I'm talking. In general. Yeah. So. But it's like, you know, the only way I can describe it is like, you know, this, I have a nine to five as well, right? So this is, it's 7.22 in the morning for us right now. I was up at quarter to six to to be ready, to be emotionally prepared, to just get in the right headspace. But I was up before six to make this happen. 
if all I have to do is get up early, I don't even do it for the claps. It's like, that's what I got to do to make this work because otherwise for you, number one, the time zones, I have to make sure make sense. And then I'm not going to make your life harder. This is my dream. I want to come true. And, you know, I want to make this easy on you. So if all I have to do is get up earlier to make it work, that's not yeah. actually a big ask. Yeah, it's not that bad. No. But that but that that ask will stop some people. It didn't stop you though. That's there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I that's I think that's how you have to look at it. It's like it's that one percent extra is just one percent. It's not that much more. And yeah. you just and it compounds over time. It does. Shit. I'm, you've seen it since the, your first episode till now. I've seen it since my first song till now. Like I never thought, I mean, I mean, I knew I'd get here, but like, it feels good to know that I made a conscious decision to get here and I'm here. So hell yeah. Do you remember what it was like recording your first song? Yeah, man. I was in my mom's basement on a snowball mic. Um, those tripod ones with the white ball. And um, yeah, man, I was just trying to be like Eminem and shit, man. My voice was way different. It was terrible. I still have those shits recording on Audacity. No mixes, just bouncing it straight from the recording. Oh, man. Yeah, good times, though. Times. What do you mean your voice was different? Like, how did your voice sound versus how it sounds now? Like, uh, like I basically rap just like how I talk now with no emotion, no inflections. Right. Now, now I kind of, like, raise my pitch. <clears throat> To like, like, yo, I'm back in the spot, crashing a rock. I'm finna tap on the spot. But I used to rap like, I'm back in the spot, tapping a rock. Like, you know what I mean? So that it was way different. Low key though, I reckon now that you have the skill set that you have now, you could do like the monotone rap and it would mm. still work. I've heard a few artists like do a bit of a monotone thing and they, they, it works for some reason. So I actually think that <laughs> inflection for you, like it got you to where you are, but you could always like go back to that and still get an awesome project or an awesome single come out. True, true. You're probably right, man. You're probably right. So yeah. uh, wh- what do you do besides podcasts, you know, man? So my formal career is as a sales manager. I teach people essentially how to sell for a big corporate company. Um, and I'm pretty good at my, my corporate career. I will say like, uh, I, I do pretty well for myself in terms of just doing that. And I'm fortunate in the sense that they know I've got a podcast and they don't seem to give a shit. I think it's because they don't listen to the podcast and they don't hear the shit that I talk about, but that is good by me. Mm, yeah. But I yeah, did yeah, say yeah. to them, if I get 50 cent on the show, I'm quitting the next day. That's hey it. yo! <laughs> wow. Hey, they wouldn't blame you, man. Nah, they were now, like, "If you don't quit, we got a problem." Yeah, is that your dream guest, Fifty Cent? I love Fifty. Well, Fifty was the first person, the first album I ever listened to. So, hey, Richard died. That's it. I was, uh, how old was I? I was born. I was like eight years old, nine years old, and it yeah. broke my brain. Like it just. <laughs> Like growing up here in Australia, hip hop was not a thing growing up for me. It wasn't on the radio. It wasn't in shopping malls. It just wasn't around. And 
one of our family friends had gone to the US for business and he brought back the Get Rich or Die Trying album as like a joke, like, look at this shit. This is what they're playing <laughs> over there. Like he, because like yeah. my heritage is like Russian. So they also were like, what the hell? It's like this shirtless kind of bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like on this like gangster shit and it's like a different life. They didn't get it and they put it on. They're like, let's listen to it. Let's see at the shit. Yeah. And they were like, kind of making a joke out of it and i was just sitting there going this is the greatest thing i've ever heard in my life wow that's a great ass story i love i love hearing shit like that like uh it changed my life it literally changed my life yeah like even from your yeah we said it was your uncle he came back from the US. i was a family friend it okay, was just like, yeah for him to just grab that one too like yo this guy looks like a clown with it shirt off and a bulletproof down grab this yeah and the do-rag and like the whole shit and it was just like yeah like i think in a way it was meant to happen my parents always thought that hip-hop was a phase in my life that it was like aaron you cannot be successful you cannot have a career and still listen to the things that you're listening to and now i mean now look at where I am and I'm like, and they're like, okay, maybe it's a little bit more than a phase. Yeah. And it's not even like what you listen to technically matters. They probably thought it was going to be a bad influence on you and shit like that. So, yeah, they, they thought the violence and the aggression would, would influence me to be violent and aggressive. And I am not that person at all because it's entertainment like I always say to people, it's literally like playing a video game or listen, watching a violent movie. You watch yeah. John Wick doesn't mean I'm going to go buy a gun and shoot the fuck out of everybody. That's right. so I actually think that attack on hip hop has never been genuine and it's come from a different place, not course, a man. genuine place. It's come. Yeah, man, that's a whole nother bag to get into, but it's definitely trying to keep the foot on the neck of hip hop especially back in the era when they um like easy era and stuff with mm. the nwa cops and i mean that was a legit message but like they used to badmouth hip-hop all the time not let the kids listen to it in america and stuff like that but yeah now now hip-hop's like number one so and fastest growing fastest growing yeah what, yo go ahead bro i was gonna ask you what do you think it is though about hip-hop that's it's almost like once you catch it, you can't stop it. Like, it's like this undeniable feeling. Anyone who starts is like, you just cannot get enough. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think it's got to do with the, it's got to do with the rhythm, man. Like there's a certain rhythm. That's how I explain it for me. When I listen to like other genres and I listen to hip hop, this, this isn't there. It's not there anywhere else, but hip hop. And that feeling of like, leaning back in the car that's also not you can't do that to anything but hip-hop too so like the modes of how you like move you can't walk on the street and feel like a boss listening to anything else but hip-hop too in a certain way like you know what i mean those pockets of like feelings you know i actually what you yeah i agree with you yeah because i don't know how to dance to any other music like how do you <laughs> How do you dance to rock? I've never got it. I don't understand it. Whereas like hip hop, like, yeah, you said like you can get into a groove. There's something about it that helps you move. Right. Yeah. I mean, you ask your parents how they listen to rock. They probably 
listen to rock? My parents don't. don't. Uh, what do my parents listen to? I don't. We weren't a very musical house, I will say. Like mm. I don't remember my parents listening a lot to to music at home. Um, yeah. So that wasn't really a big thing. I think uh, my mum's favorite was Duran Duran. <laughs> I don't even know. I've heard of them, but I don't really know who they are like that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I tried to I tried to show my mum Lauren Hill once, because uh, I was like, maybe the gangster shit is not your cup of tea, but maybe Lauren Hill will be your and I yeah, just she don't like one of them. She didn't like one of them joints. She kind of she was she was more okay with it, is how I would describe it. She was more happy with it on than half the shit i i had a song yesterday i drove my mum, and it was mama by big pun big pun and um and so she was like oh it started off not so bad and then big pun starts spinning his verse how he's murdering people and she's like that turned so wild yo it's it's funny how people like i don't know that just doesn't resonate but like I don't know. It's just the way they rhyme in words. That shit is cool. So what if they're saying murdering this, murdering that, but maybe if it clicked how he was doing it, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. I think it takes effort to listen to though. It does. For, for people who aren't used to it. Like it doesn't take any effort for me to dissect a verse in real time and like give props while I'm listening. Like, Oh wow, that was dope. I probably couldn't even have done that type of shit. Like it's, but for someone who isn't familiar with it, it's like, yeah, for sure. Because do you remember growing up with hip hop? I mean, it, it wasn't. I was like, I was like you and your family. We didn't. They didn't listen to that, so I didn't grow up with it like, like that. No, I just found Dilla and Eminem and started digging in the crates. You know what I mean? Because how did you find them? Like that, like you said, the origin story of how you first come across the sound is yeah. always so intriguing but how did you find that first sound uh it was just um uh, i was in middle school man my friends they had they listened to hip-hop and they introduced me to like fucking ti Ludacris, little wayne this is back when they were really big so i just started getting into it because those are my friends until then i i didn't even know what hip-hop was until about eight or nine no idea Cause my parents are Nigerian. They came, they came here. They don't listen to that shit. So yeah. Yeah. And what do they think of what you do now? Well, now that I get paid and I'm like <laughs> traveling and doing shows, they're like, wow, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. But at the beginning, not so much. I didn't even tell them, yo, like I would sneak in the basement, shut the door, put a pillow. So they didn't hear me. So I didn't tell them until like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, funny how that is. I mean, my parents are still like, you know, they, they I doubt those rappers make much money. And I'm like, are you joking? Man, you got to teach them. You got to teach them. Oh, trust me. I tried. But as soon as I open my mouth, it's like, you know, they don't, they don't view me as like the person who has a podcast, who talks about hip hop on a regular basis, who loves it. They, they view me as, their son who happens to like the music that they just don't understand. See, and that's, that's the worst thing about having people in your life that don't understand. If you were Joe Rogan and you showed them your Spotify check, 
you, you'd instantly become like, oh, my, our son knows what he's talking about because you show him that check. You, you're on TV or whatever. But now that you, you know what I mean? I got to say, though, I don't even think that would do it because my parents are 110% supportive. That's the difference. They don't understand it, but they're always supportive. They help me whenever they can. They never say no to like me living my dream. So they're always 100% supportive. They just don't get it. So I don't think at any no point. level of acclaim that you can get. Like the president is like, yo, this is. Your oh, son that, is that, they will be like, that is extremely cool. And you're amazing at what you do. But I still don't get the music that you listen to. I still, I, there's, there's that cultural separation of that mental block. So they can acknowledge all the cool shit that I've done but they oh, no. won't necessarily acknowledge the where it comes from necessarily. They won't understand it. That's Yeah, I get that. I get that. As long as they can acknowledge your place in it, but don't understand it, but know that you're doing things in it that are a big deal. Like yeah. that would, you would hope that they would be able to, you know I mean, get that. Yeah. They, they will only know if I do interview someone like 50 Cent. They'll be like, yeah. that's really cool. But like, yeah. you know, when I'm like, I interviewed, like we said, like Master Ace, that means nothing to them. That's like no one. <laughs> yeah. You got to interview 50 and then go back to your relative. You remember that motherfucker you brought the CD with a fuck? Yo, like I had him on my show, man. That'd be dope. But Yeah, that would be dope. But yeah, I don't think the old Russian uh, crowd would particularly give a shit. <laughs> you been back to Russia? I've never been in my life. I, so I was born here. I'm first generation. So, okay. um, yeah, both my parents were born overseas. Um, but, but yeah. Oh. Have you been back to Nigeria or been yeah. to Nigeria? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How is it? It's dope, man. It's, uh, I haven't been when I was older, but it was, it's really cool. I went back to my village, saw my parents, ate food on the street, rode on like them dangerous bikes. The lights turned off. We had to like um, use generators. Like it's shit's like what you hear about, except all the weird jungle safari, weird racist shit. That, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my brother went to Tanzania recently. Actually, he said it was absolutely amazing. That's dope, man. And that uh, it's weird because, like in Australia, there's lots of white people. Um, yeah. There's a comedian who made a joke. I think it was one of the funniest jokes ever. He's like. You know, Australia is like Africa before white people. Oh, yeah, um, I've heard. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, he was like, it was strange being the only white. Like he was him and his friend, two white guys, the only white guys in Tanzania, and it was it was just. It's like I think we can sometimes take for granted what it feels like to look the way you are, and then just feel like everyone looks quite similar. And then yeah. as soon as you go out of that, you're like, oh, no, this is strange. Or well, it's strange to get used to. It's not a good feeling. You, you feel like you're, it's, you, it's not a war, but you feel like you're outnumbered for some weird reason. But it's not even a, it's really any, like, you're in a supermarket, like, I don't know, feeling like, where are my people at? But yeah. Yeah. Like, I went to India recently, and I was like, oh, I'm on the only white guy in this airport. Like, I, I look around, I'm like, I'm the only one here. It's fucking weird. But I kind of liked it at the same time because it makes me different. 
Like I liked, there was something about it that's like weird, but then I was like, oh, but now I'm different and I kind of, kind of special in a way. Sure. It could seem like that in the airport where there's no stakes, but in a, in an environment where it may matter, where, where the numbers matter, you just, no, nah, no, nah, you're not going to feel, you want to feel special. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in the airport where, yeah, where it's safe. Yeah. So I hear you there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's weird like how lucky like in a way you just where you're born is the cards that you're dealt. Yeah, you got no control over that. No. No. Particularly your skin color and as well, because I mean that you got no that's just the cards, man. It's just the cards. But it is weird that like you said like you feel for whatever reason, like humans for whatever reason have this feeling of like, I look different and I feel different, even though there could be no external threat that could be, but you just inherently feel like, Oh, something's up. Yeah. It's fucking weird. The brain is weird. Like I said, there's certain supermarkets I don't like going into because it's literally all white people. And I don't like the feeling. I just don't like that feeling. There's a store called Horrocks. It's like Trader Joe's, like organic shit that no one, that I don't give a fuck about. I'm like, I don't like going in here because I don't like the way I feel when I'm shopping in there. I like going to my my stupid Walmart at 2 a.m. where there's people fighting and shit. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like no one gives a fuck there. But yeah. You know, I kind of agree with you because all those people, they're not only white, they're also like vegans. And they have like blue hair and shit. And then I feel weird as well. Cause I'm like, I feel guilty going to the meat section. that's like way overpriced. And then I see all these people like looking at me for still like eating steak. And I'm just yeah, like, all right, I'm yeah. going to a place where I feel zero judgment for what I buy. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that shit. But you know, you, you mentioned with the, uh, for knowledge collective, you tried to get a project together. And then it just didn't work. What happened there? Yo, so we started our preliminary chats, you know, sending the beats out all over online. People were writing. We actually all met up in D.C., uh, Washington, booked a studio. We recorded a bunch of tracks, but then it came time for people to finish their tracks. And we're just a bunch of carefree motherfuckers at the end of the day. No one really gave that much of a fuck. And it just didn't happen. And we're still boys to this day. Like. And it was sometimes it was like there were certain members that I liked way more than others. And I was like, if someone wasn't on it that I liked, I had no intention to like do my part on that particular joint because I'm not even excited about it. That was some shit for me. I mean, and yeah, you know, shit just falls through the cracks. It ain't work out. You know, you're the first person I've ever heard to admit to something like that, that like you're on a project. They're like, hey, do a verse for this song and you're not excited because you don't fully rate the artist, but do do you think that happens more than people say? Yo, I can't. I don't think anybody would ever admit that due to like being politically correct. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't know. But that's a big thing for me. Even if it's someone in my clique, and I don't think you're that dope, like I'm not gonna get that shit done. <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> nah, fuck that shit, yo. Like, I don't, ah, yeah, no. What do you think? So, like, 
if you were collabing on a podcast with someone famous that you don't necessarily respect, are you going to do it? Probably. Wow. Because, but because I know, <clears throat> so I'm also big picture. So like I may not, I've interviewed guests that I don't love. I've interviewed guests where I'm like, I can see you've got a fan base and I can see, but your music isn't my taste personally. But I've done those interviews because I still think we will come up with something interesting. And to be fair, we're not making music together. We're having a conversation. So I think inherently people are interesting. So I can still talk to someone whose music I hate because we're probably still going to have a great conversation. But um, I don't have, for me, it's not, I don't have to love you to be able to talk to you. But I definitely can see where like if you're putting your music and you don't want like you don't have that much vested interest yeah. in it that you were like, mm, it's probably not going to come out that great. So I probably don't want to like put my, even if I do it, I don't want to put my best shit on there. So you think you can squeeze a gold nugget out of any conversation? I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's props. That's props. I, th- I had this thought the other day that, how many people are alive at the same time as us? There's, I think there's like 7.8 billion people in the planet. And how many stories will we never hear? But how many times have you met someone and you're like, holy shit, like you've lived some kind of crazy wild shit life. And that I genuinely think everyone has a good story in them. Like one, at least one. You're right. You're right about that. You're right. All right. All right. You're here to catch them all. You're here to ask, catch them, trying to catch all the stories. Trying to catch all the stories. And to be honest, I have a pretty good click if it's musicians and it's like, you all have some amazing stories. I mean, your careers create the stories. They do. They put you in places and in rooms. Yeah, something happens. No doubt. How was it for you, like, traveling for the first time? Like, you know, I think that's like a momentous occasion where you're like, is this shit real? Like, is yeah. it finally happening? It was, it was, it was just like that. My first show outside of Michigan where I live now was in uh, Pennsylvania, six hours away. I drove there. It was six hours. I drove there by myself. And it, I was just like, yo, hell yeah, B. <laughs> and I get there. I'm, it's one of the dudes in foreknowledge, Hobbs Duende. First time meeting him after we've been talking online for years. And it was just like, yo, we here, baby. Yeah. And uh, that's how it is every time, even till I travel to this day. Like I'm going to South by Southwest in Austin next week. I'm like a little kid, like just decided to drink, do stupid shit and, and like just get free shit and, you know, live that rapper life like that. I never get sick of that shit, man. So it's, it's dope every time I get to travel every time. And what about overseas? I haven't done that yet, but I'm I'm playing on that. London, uh, maybe Australia. I've actually got a lot of friends in Adelaide. Um, and then just Australia hip hop fam is dope. So Well, come down, man. Cause yeah. uh Yeah. I think shows sell out here. Like we're yeah. not a huge population, but we sell out because like when you come, you come. We know it's a it's a long way to go. Um yeah. So, so we tend to to put on some pretty good shows. We've got lots of venues here as well. Um, you ever come out here for anything? Uh, I've only been to Denver, 
That's the only place of, oh, and Hawaii, but Hawaii doesn't really count. Um, I mean, if it legally counts or whatever. It's one of the legally, things. but ev- everyone's like, mm, that shit's like kind of far away. <laughs> yeah, it don't really count, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's in the water. But um, what was Endeavor? Uh, I actually went for work. So, work. yeah. Yeah. So, sales manager. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, I am like, I don't want to. It's it's weird. I don't want people like looking into me in my like actual my other corporate career, but I, I do do pretty well for myself. Like I, I went to India for work, and I went to, um, and I'm gonna go overseas again soon. So like I I, I do live a pretty cool life. I realize that like the balance of it all, but my ultimate dream would be to do this like mm. full time and forever. Okay, so what's like the your steps to of getting there, like? just keep getting more iconic guests. Cause you're not, no offense to myself. You're not going to get there interviewing guys like me. Maybe when I get work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, oh. I, I've thought about that too, but I think it's like, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success is the saying. And so yeah. I'm like, in my own head, I'm like, all right, just 1% better. My visuals need to start getting better. My technique on the podcast need to start getting better. I need to get better at promo. And eventually you knock down enough, turn over enough stones and the big guest comes. And on the flip side, there is a guest that I will have interviewed that is not big at the time that I interview them. Oh yeah. But then they become big and I've built up enough credit to potentially even have them back on the show. And there's something about that to me of like, I can't just be focused on the mega stars. That's, that's going to happen when it happens but if yeah. I can have the right conversations, do the right things with people like yourself who have potential, well, then yeah. that's not going to stop me. You, yo, I like how you painted that. You never know how a connection could uh, be fruitful to you down the line, like, no doubt. So I hear you. That's what's up. In the same way, you never know which song will be the one. Goddamn, yo. Fucking... Uh, Crooked Eye quoted a line of mine from uh, the first song on my first album, Leaves of Memories. And he quoted the song that I thought he would like not quote. And I'm just, to, to your point, I'm like, what the fuck are you listening to that joint for? I got way hotter ones. But I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. Did you hit him up after that? Or did you like just let? Uh, like, he was just doing me a look. He ain't really, like, that's where you don't want to fuck it up by being too over eager and reaching out. Cause he did some shit. He felt obligated to a friend of mine posted it. And it was like, yo crook, listen to this. He gave it a listen. He didn't have to. I feel like I would be out of pocket by reaching out. What the fuck am I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I, I responded publicly on the timeline, but diving in his DMS to act like another like rapper, probably got a million of them. I don't want to do that. So, but then counterpoint, if you don't ask, you don't get true. Yo, I don't know, man. You right about that. What? So you're going to tell me at at any point you're going to, you're going to ask there. I feel like there are strategic points to where you shouldn't ask and let it come to you later. I agree. I do agree with you, but if they're talking about me, that's my, to me, that's like my instinct of like, okay. Now's my time. You meant you don't have to mention me because, like you said, 
he he could have listened to you and not said anything. You're actually right about that. You think it's too late? No. It's like last week. No, no, it's good timing. Yeah, but then what do you say? Like, see, you're you're in sales. You know how to approach things the right way. The fuck, do I say to this guy? Well, I said to you, like I sent you a message, and you seemed to say yes. So, like, I don't know, man. I I think it's like just genuinely just be like, hey, man, appreciate the shout out. Glad you enjoyed something like something really non, like just like super chill. You're not asking for anything. You're just saying, hey, man, I appreciate you, or like, you know, I'm a big fan. Like, I appreciate it. Whatever. Like, super low commitment. You know what's funny? Uh, I've actually talked to a bunch of, like, verified rappers. Like, this happens more often than you know to me. And I do that, and then they leave you on red. So at that point, I'm just like, why did I even do that super chill? If you if they're not going to respond, I'm just like, I'm not. Like, I swear. Yeah. I guess. But I have lots of rappers who don't respond to my DMs. All right. And so the counter to that is I could I could just stop sending messages because like lots of them don't respond. They read it and they're like, no. But then the one that says yes is worth all the ones that say no. You can't have this attitude of like, oh, I made like in sales, literally, I made nine phone calls. No one said yes. So I'm not going to yeah. make my 10th. Right. Well, you better make that fucking 10th call because that's how it works. Like, and I've tried to reach out to, to Crook as well, actually, funnily enough. Um, like someone said to me like, Hey, you know, he'd be good on the show. I tried to reach out. I tried to reach out to managers and stuff. Just nothing ever eventuated. Maybe it's not ready yet, or I'm not ready for it yet, but I don't regret that because I am going to reach out again at some (laughs) point for sure. Like I've already decided, like I'm going to reach out again. It will, he will ultimately at some point potentially say yes but that's on me to continue to keep putting myself out there he's not going to turn around to me and be like or maybe he will at some point if 50 comes on he might want to come on but you'll probably still be reaching out first to be honest but i'm gonna hop on your side too is you never know what somebody's thinking i've made up all these scenarios in my head as to why whatever didn't happen but like yo they they can still fuck with you even if they left you on red. It's just like they got a lot of shit going on, and they may turn around and be like, you know, I got to take some time to listen to this person or whatever, or like I wasn't in the right mindset, or they forget about the message, or they lost the message. Like yeah. I've done the shit of like I'll send them a message, they yeah. it's it's on red. I delete my message and I resend the same message and I get a good response back. Yo, that's wild. It's wild. <laughs> well yeah there you go I, th- I, like I th- yeah you just got to try like you just got to try and as I, as i said for all the artists to say no the people that say yes they come on the show and it's one day at a time one step at a time so yeah i don't think yeah. you got anything to lose like what's the worst thing that happens he's already listened to your music now he might just think you're a nice guy you know what i'm gonna take one thing i'm gonna take from this interview is just always ask fuck it yeah no doubt. And I cannot wait for you to come back on the show and be like, Aaron, all that shit you said didn't work, man. Did work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in jail or some shit. Like, yo, this motherfucker just told me to ask. What yeah, me and I just always asked and it just ends <laughs> up like shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Yo, that's funny as hell right there, dog. <laughs> but we gonna keep it cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, hey, you didn't ask the right questions. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I didn't tell you to ask that, bro. Like, whoa, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's funny. Like, um, but yeah. Like it, it's weird. You have done some pretty amazing things. Like you were also at the like the Def Jam Music Festival 2022 as well. Oh, I think you read that as Def Jam, but it's actually the Damn Jam. Oh, I um, definitely read read that wrong. Turns out I can't read. I can speak. I just can't <laughs> read. <laughs> hey, yo, but uh, no shit. I'll probably get there eventually. Like no doubt. You know, like South by Southwest. I'm doing that. I remember I was a kid reading uh, interviews and blog posts on Two Dope Boys. All my favorite rappers were doing South by Southwest. Now I'm doing it. So, like, it took a fuck lo- uh, long time to get here, but I'm here. How long have you been rapping for? Like, what's the, what do you, how do you count it? See, that, I love that question. How do you count it? Because technically I started writing at nine and I'm 28. But I didn't just I didn't start trying to actually be like a rapper and get money and like till like a few years ago. I was just trying to be like really good in my basement in my apartment. And then people were like, yo, you should probably try a little harder. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. So from the point of which I took it serious, five to the point I wrote my first rhyme. Over 10, 12, 15, you know what I mean? So that that that's a good answer because I think you only really started when you started taking it serious. I agree because that's when I started putting in ten thousand hours. Like I used to write a rhyme and not now I write a rhyme every day. I could I, I could have been a lot better at this point had I started way back then. That's that's my biggest regret ever. Just not taking it serious from from day one. You know what I mean? But you're still young too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't have a kids or a wife or nothing like that, but twenty-eight is still like it's 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 up there. Man, neither you know do I, mean? I, and I'm twenty-nine, so Yeah. I mean we're young, but you know you know what I'm trying to say. It's not like I'm eighteen. Like, yeah, but I think it's different being successful and being a little bit older. You have your head on your shoulders. You've been around the block a few times. Mm. Like you, you've heard enough and you've learned enough in life to like, as we already know, to be like cautious. And there's mm. something about the right level of caution. I think that's probably the the hard part as you get older is to not be too cautious. Whereas I think when you're young, you're very, you love risk and you just go for it. But a lot of artists get absolutely fucked because they take the wrong risk too young and they don't see a way out of it. Whereas like, you know, you're come up now as what I would say is more of a grown man Mm. is probably going to place you better than a lot of contemporaries. If they came up at 18 or 22, I got to challenge you on that because I've seen it firsthand. All these rappers that I look up to now are technically the same age or even younger than me what they did were they weren't risk averse when they were kids. They were doing all that shit. And some of them got fucked. Some of them didn't. And now we're all the same age, but they built this empire because they were killing it from the get go. Whereas me now I'm, I'm into myself and now I'm beginning to kill it, but 
not everyone gets fucked in the beginning. You know I what agree, saying? but not everyone makes it too. So as long as you ain't in jail, it's just like, how bad did you really get fucked? You know what I'm saying? Maybe you got fucked on a contract. Okay. Yeah, but you get fucked on enough contracts. You get fucked on, you know, a lot of them quit. So like, I get it. But like we said at the beginning, the and reason we don't- up, man, if you stop rhyming, you were doing it for a reason other than the rhyme and you were doing it for money. You know what I'm saying? Like, How many of them do it for the money though? So many. Yeah. I don't really respect those cats as really. I don't know. I find that shit whack as fuck. Like, yeah, nah. Whatever though. I guess. But then there are some people like who play, you know, ball and some people who play sport because they're like, it's like their way out. It's like, I do it for the cash. And you, we, you and I both know that there are athletes out there. They don't give a shit about like being the best. They just want to get their check and come home and be like, Hey, you know, I made a great bag today. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a mid-level player, but I made some good money today and I look after my family and I, I can't hate on that. I cannot hate on that. But then you were left out of the conversation as a purist, like, Kobe Bryant doesn't respect those guys who don't put extra hours in the gym and don't care about the science of basketball. They're no longer in the conversation for like the goats of their field. It was like a different level of, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Kobe, Michael Jordan, who else puts in work? Like Kyrie Irving, these guys love the game. Then you got guys who just don't care. Like that's a, you're not even on the same plane anymore of like, you know, you know what I'm saying? I agree, but you still respect it because you're like, you're still good enough. Like, I guess it's a question of like, you know, if, if it was me, if I was, you know, six foot five built like, like that. And I was an absolute machine instead of (laughs) what I am now, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know, we have it a lot in Australia with Nick Kyrgios, the tennis player, because it's like his potential. Cool, he's yeah. so good, but I, I, he pisses me off because I'm like, fucking get your shit together, train properly, get a coach, show some discipline. That's you get it, man. He he's like shooting shots between the legs. He's a cool player, but he'll never go down in history like Roger Federer because he just doesn't put in hours. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I changed my mind now, man. At first, I was trying to convince you the other way around. Now I'm like, actually, no, I'm I'm pissed off about all these players who like don't like Nick. Could be Nick could be really good, but he seems like he just likes to hang out and fuck bitches and shit. He wants know. to be an NBA player. He wishes he was in the NBA. That's the like, that's the yep. the start the lifestyle that I think he he's said he'd much rather play ball than he would ah. train for tennis. Yo, that's wild, bro. This man's just naturally talented. Like, yeah, I'm just. Shit, I wish I was a baller. That's crazy. Yeah, and I'd be like, fucking let's go with the gym. We're going to, like, I don't know. That, I think there's, it, I wonder, like, the competitiveness. Because I think people like, you know, LeBron, people like Jordan, there is a level of competitiveness that no matter what they do, they want to be the greatest of all. They just want to be the best. They don't want, it's undeniable. They start competing with legacy Um Great word, legacy. Great word. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to go down as a, a legacy or, or a legend in whatever that you want? Hell yeah. 
Like, yeah. not necessarily to make the most money, but to make the most impact. Like, that's that's like a good criteria for a legend or whatever. Well, it's like to, yeah. for your name to be like echoed for the for time. Yeah, that shit gets my dick hard right there. The name echoed in history, man. Yeah, like like people like Alexander the Great. Like that is number one. That is a fucking amazing name, Alexander the Great. Like in history, he's known as Great, which yeah, yeah. means that the first time you hear about him, you're like, "Who's this Alexander the Great guy?" Yeah, off top great guy yeah just yeah. like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> great guy alexander the great is a great guy man yeah it's For funny sure. though because like he was literally a warmonger and like one of the biggest conquerors of all time and yeah. but he's still known as one of the greatest minds of that era that's what's wrong with history man like yeah those guys were doing terrible things but that was that was life back then conquering and maxing wealth and all that like that was yeah even today that's valued in a in a kind of a different way but whoever has the most shit yeah you know? well it's like building an empire was like the best thing ever yeah which is kind of dope but i don't know if do you watch shows like uh last kingdom or like yeah Marco Polo? yeah i love and, those shows yeah fuck yeah man like shit like that that's just fire yeah, yeah. But that's why that's why it's fire because like we still watch the tv shows and we're like that shit is dope to be you know the the best like like vikings you wanted to be like ragnar on that show exactly. <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> fucking animal man just ruthless love that shit yeah yeah we love it and then we're like all right reality of that sucks oh yeah right like he killed his own brother for not wanting to go to valhalla or some shit i'm like okay but in real life, like, whoa, nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've wondered that about, um, you know, the the Bible story of, like, um, what's his name? Abraham, where, like, apparently God says to Abraham, like, sacrifice your own son, and he's yeah. willing to do it for God. And me, as my, like, critical self would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, ah, uh, yeah, right? Like I'd be like, what the kind of bullshit is are you talking about? Kill my own son. You can go fuck yourself. That that's like Yo. that's like like are you crazy? Like like a lot of people would say that. Like what kind of insanity is that shit? I'm I'm now in the camp that like Abraham if he agreed, or obviously, you know, believe what you want to believe, but like if he agreed, psycho. Absolute psycho. Maniac. But or to to people like us a maniac, to like devout Christians legend there's like always two sides to every coin like we think he's a maniac other people are like praising him for making that sacrifice which is nuts but you know yeah fuck yeah i would just be so pissed off as the sun (laughs) oh you wake wake me up early you make me go on this fucking long ass hike and now you're gonna like try and murder me that's some bullshit right there like what did i do to deserve this that is some bullshit, dog. <laughs> yo, and he did bring his ass up there, but yeah, but I'd be like, yo, good looks, pops, man. Like, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, yeah. I, I, I'd honestly think my dad was going insane. Would what? I think my dad is going insane if that happened. I'd be like, no, no, like, yeah, yeah. Shit's crazy, man. I mean. Religion is its own thing, politics, all that. 
I try to like just not I only focus on what I can affect and that's writing dope rhymes. The world is gonna change in that way without me, but I I could I could do this. That's, so that's all I care about really. You well, I mean, man? you are doing a good job. I think that's the thing is like, you know, there's there's a reason your music genuinely spoke out to me. I saw it on like a uh IG ad and like all it just clicked like I was like, I gotta sh- check this shit out like it just sounded so good um and like you know you had whiskey you got whiskey mango as well and like that sounds fire so like yeah. you're like it just sounds good like sonically it just works there's something like really chill and like kind of, it just feels good and it's not it's not that like insane high tempo it's like that hip-hop that you can just go about your day and listen to with that's and that generally reflects who I am as like a person. I go with the flow. I don't care about I'm usually late to shit. Like just to speak on like my chillness, like people who think take things as a big deal, everything to me is like, yo, fuck it. At least we're not dead. Like honestly, what are you mad about right now? Type shit is how I'll be with everything. So and I, I that's how that's how I ride a beat, just you know, real chill. What's well, working for you? And I also got to say, the music videos, the shots from the underground are so good. Hey, man, appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Put a lot of a lot of work into that. You know? Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, these need to be on streaming platforms. Like, they need to to listen to that shit. You know what? What do you think about that? Because those are short. They're like a minute long. Whenever I drop something short, people are like, why isn't this longer? It was meant to be short for like social media and then i get these annoying ass feedback like why is it so short yo that was the whole point (laughs) you you are the one of the funniest people i think i've i've spoken to because it's like for all the ones who have the energy to tell you why it's so short you're also going to get repeat plays i am i am i am you're right i hate that question though you know it was it was meant to be that way. Yeah, but you um, know but but you know now that people are gonna ask you that because that's just what it is. Like if it was two and a half minutes, they'd be like, Okay, sick. But like if it's a minute thirty. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it up there. I have plans to. I'm trying to get it like mixed, like like a like the old school DJ joints where each song blends into the next one rather than just click. So that's what I'm working on right now. So, yeah. But I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, that so. would be good. And also, low effort. Like, I think people listen to low effort things. Like mm-hmm. a minute 30 is so low effort. Five-minute songs now, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like fucking five minutes long. Why is this shit so long? Exactly. Exactly. That was, yeah, w- which is also on purpose too. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this for a minute, like, you got a problem. For sure, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I there's a song that recently came out by Sahai, um, and it was like five and a half minutes, and I'm like, man, you you clearly wanted to say some shit on this. <laughs> did you listen to it all? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, Sahai is is amazing. I think Sahai is he has some phenomenal bars. I've always thought the Black History Project, like that that mixtape, it's not on any streaming platforms and it sucks because I wish I could just be like play it all the time. 
but that project is one of the best projects. Like, it's so good. I don't think I've heard that particular one, but I do share your love for Sahai. His bars are out of this world, man. Like, mm. Yeah, his LA Leakers freestyle that came out, like, I think it was, like, a couple of years, that, or last year, that was crazy. I watched that. That was fire. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, so you can have like multiple meanings within multiple bars all the time that mean all these different things. That's why rap is so beautiful. Like, oh, that, like the fact you could make that happen with the English language is so cool, man. Like for real. Shit's tight. Yeah. yeah. Who else do you like, man? Um, Sahai, obviously like Matthew. Sahai, big pun is my favorite of all time. Like yeah. capital punishment is my favorite like just as and i get sonically again it's not like as crisp as everything everything else but as an rapper what he was able to do with the bars and just construct a message and it's hard as shit and it's like gangster as shit but it says something at the same time like all of that was just awesome to me i could listen to beware and like (laughs) like it's just so hard and he i think he could have done anything like he he had the ability as an artist to become anything i agree he seemed like one of those chameleon types he could have adapted evolved like dropped a different genre song every week if he wanted like yeah Yeah. that's that's yeah so big pun um anyone i've been getting into kendrick again lately like I my favorite project with Kendrick's was um, Good Kid, Mad okay. City. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what What were you thinking? I was gonna say. Yo, what most people say? What is it? What do they say? Um, uh, to pimp a butterfly or some other shit? I don't know. But go ahead. Good Kid is yeah. dope. Good Good Kid, Mad City was my favorite project, and then I actually did a review of his most recent album. Um, like I I spent an hour. Yeah. The morality yeah. I spent uh, a, an episode just reviewing it. So I listened to it like four times. Um, and it, ha- it has significantly grown on me. The more I listen to it, I think it's a difficult project to like listen to once. Like yeah. it, I was also like, what the fuck is this shit? So that, um, and then, you know, Andre 3000, I've been getting back into as well. Um, Outcast. Uh, Aquemini is such a good project. Like I could listen to that shit all the time. Um, and like, you know, we say it all the time, like Biggie, 50 Cent, you know, um, I probably don't listen to as much Eminem as I should. There is, I think lyrically there is a lot there to be taken, but I've never gone through like a full Eminem phase. I've listened to it, but I've never yeah. been like, oh shit, I'm going to, but Royce to five, nine, I was like, oh Man, he came to us to Australia once, and I saw him live, and that was, shit was epic. Killed it. It was everything killed you it. thought it'd be. Uh, I was killed. It was like a small venue. Um, I took a photo with Kid Vicious, uh, and then I interviewed Kid Vicious like two years later, and it was like so cool to, for me to be like, "Hey, man, like there's this photo of us that we took <laughs> when you came down to Australia, and now I get to le- legitimately talk to you." That's crazy. Look at that. That's. That's exactly what you referenced earlier in this. Uh, in this, so that's what's up. Yeah, man. Uh, gotta go through that. I mean, it's too late for you. You're either Eminem fan or you're not. Now, I do make a critical distinction of this Eminem shit. 
Because people hear you like Eminem, then they start thinking you like the shit he's been dropping. Fuck no. I stop Eminem stops for me like after the Eminem show or uh, after Encore. Encore barely slips through. Everything after that, no, 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 no. But that early Eminem shit, like yeah. fucking gold to me. Everything after just absolute. Yeah, like when he was on his horrorcore shit. What, what would you call that? His earlier shit? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he got he got corny as fuck later. Like he started doing just like easy double entendres and kind of weird rhyme schemes. But I will say the one thing that falls outside of that is um uh oh, his project with Royce. I think that was one of the best projects he did. Bad Meets um, Evil? Yeah, Bad no, Meets Evil held cool. held the sequel. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that shit was gas, bro. Yeah. Yeah, so that was probably like one of his like later on projects where he was still good. But I think Royce brought the best out of him at that point. There was like enough competition for him to yeah. have to level up. But I agree, he's. I think it's hard <clears throat> to be a good artist forever. This is something I. That's such a great like thing to expound upon. Like, who is there anyone who hasn't pissed off some of their fans at one point? Like longevity. I don't know. Not no one. <laughs> no. I, I legitimately don't think I've I've often wondered this. Would Biggie be as well received if he had a longer career? Would the same be about Big L? Would the same thing about Big Pun? Would all these guys who are you know, if Lauren Hill made a second, third, fourth project, would He's she be as bro. good? She's lucky she did it with how people hold her in regard. You know, nah, they wouldn't have been. They they got a, you know, yeah, your 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 fame and all that goes sky high when you have a little discography and then you died early and it was all dope dope, but that's where it ended. Like, yeah, which sucks because it's like you wish we all wish we had more of it, but then the leg, like we said, like you said, legacy, the Mm. legacy of those artists could become tarnished like i wonder what biggie would be as an older man now on like ig and tiktok and like you we saw that shit with madonna she went wild she was just she get, went absolutely crazy yeah like the fame got to her and i wonder if those people would have gone down a similar path it's likely but it's, it, it it is interesting to think about People say that I've heard people say that you know he probably would have done well, which is true, but well commercially, but that doesn't mean well artistically. But it would have been interesting, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. But man, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and have you on the show. I only got one more question for you, and you've asked me some question, but I'm going to ask you probably the hardest question I ask any guest on the show. It's the only question that I plan on the show. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to once to get an appreciation of doesn't have to be the best album of all time can be any genre of music cannot be yourself what would it be to get an appreciation of like hip-hop or any 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 any, like what you think is like potentially underrated or people should understand honestly i'll just do my favorite my favorite album, if I was to get a gun pointed at my head, I'd probably say uh, The Internet Tape by Vic Mensa. It was an album he dropped 
before he got signed to like Kanye and uh, that that label and shit like that, or was it Jay? I don't know which one of them. But yeah, that I that take to me is just uh, it's incredible. I've never heard anyone flow like a fucking like slinky. Just what he does with words, and then the jazzy as fuck, man, jazzy as fuck. But more on on the hi fi tip. It's not like my shit where it's boom bap. It's just like it's it's magical. It's magical, man. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. I'm gonna have to go check it. But I'd love to also speak to Vic Mensa. I'd also that'd be a dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dope. Yeah, He's dope. I agree. This that's that's why hip hop is so good. There's so many dope artists. There's just like a plethora um and as i said at the beginning man I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do i'm sure you're gonna you're gonna get more flowers i'm looking forward to seeing you go overseas and do more shows and do all those things um for anyone that wants to follow him you can uh i think it's on ig as lord quaj um on ig on obviously on spotify you've got your link tree on there um you've got your youtube channel with all the visuals you as as you said, you put a lot of effort in those. They're really good. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, all the the projects that you dropped this year. Uh, I think you've got a great base, so and you make good music. So I've got one coming. I want to plug it. It's uh, produced by Hobbs Duende. It's coming out this year. All seven tracks produced by Hobbs. It's gonna be like it's gonna be dope, man. So. Do you have a time frame for that? It's done right now. I just got to get it mixed. I don't know if you heard, but my engineer who I've been working with for like five, six years, he he passed away. I'm sorry, man. So now I'm in this stage where I have to find someone who I like the way they do work behind the boards. And well, there's no time limit on that. Yeah. Well, hopefully you find someone good. Hopefully we see the drop come out soon. And yeah, as I said, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.